This is Our People in Mother Earth on KWSO. Early March of this year, the 65th recognition of the inundation of the Celilo Falls on March 10, 1957 at 10 a.m. was held at the Blue Lake Park near the Columbia River, known to the people of the river as Echo of Falling Waters, was silenced by the Dells Dam. The chief of the YM, Olson Mianis Jr., tells of the elders' teachings and living ways the falls provided for the families. Uh, Olson Mianis Jr., chief of Celilo, YM chief, mid-Columbia. We live in Celilo, Oregon. And here in Portland, remember in Celilo Falls. And a lot of things I don't remember because I was born in 1960. But I remember when I was young that a lot of the old people used to talk about how much of a cultural change it was going to be for our future. My age group when we was growing up because we lost a lot of knowledge about our process about taking care of the salmon, you know, drying, canning, turning everything into like chili and everything else, smoking, you know, there's so many different ways to take care of the salmon. And when taking those falls, it was like cutting our hands off because we lost a lot of ways of teaching the children about the aspects of the salmon, the river, and taking care of it, the salmon, all in that process, you know. And, you know, and then all the songs that come with taking care of the salmon, those are kind of like all lost too, you know. People were preparing our foods. They had songs for every little thing they did, you know. It was just the way it was in our unwritten law about how we do things, you know. It's like... We talk about the circle of life, you know, that's all in one thing, you know. Everything we're taught, you know, is stage that we go through in our life that we teach our children about, not instead of just, you know, clothing them and feeding them, you know, like some people do, you know. We try to teach our children about what it means to be a person in this world with a life, you know. It's not just something we take for granted. We tell them that our life is not depicted on our mother and father, it's depicted by the Creator who was chosen. And while we're here, we show our Creator the thanks that we have for this breath of air that we take. We learn how to take care of the foods that were gifted us. We learn how to sing to the Mother Earth where we get our food, our songs. They talk about everything that we learn, everything that we live. And that's what we try to teach our children. That way, us as a people, we can live on, you know, and just not be, how you say, thinking and everything about our past, you know, because we try to keep our past in our children with all the songs and stuff we teach them about gathering their foods and taking care of them. Olson Mianis Jr., chief of the YM, speaks to the days of his youthful years and providing. Well, when I was young, I was in the mountains a lot. I camped in the mountains. We used to gather the roots. Then in the fall time, we'd move back to the river and we'd start fishing from like Cook's area and all the way up to like the Yakima River, to Parker Dam, Sunnyside, and Upper Dam, and on the Yakima River. Olson explains adult experiences as he maintains the lifestyle of river people. And when I got older, I started fishing in Klickitat. So me and my boys, we practiced our fishing rights over there, dipping and stuff like that. We looked forward to the feast every year because, you know, we'd go fishing, hunting, and a lot of different things. Growing up in Slilo, you just had to find somebody to keep busy, though, because, like I said, when we got into the school, there's a lot of 
knowledge that in our Indian way that was kind of like not taken, but we had to keep on out of the way, you know. Like person said earlier today, when I was young, we couldn't talk Indian in school because we got in trouble for that. Now that I'm older now, I can't even talk Indian. Kind of a bad deal there, though. All the years I've fished in Celilo, the fishing, you know, it kind of processed into to where the salmon got smaller. Well, like they say, though, there really ain't no more wild salmon. It's all hatchery, though. But we still have the salmon, you know, and that's the good deal about our life, you know, just that we take care of that salmon. It's like all the rest of these foods that we gather, you know, all of these farmlands, you know, they, they deplete that because they plow everything up, the cattle, the horses. It's hard to deal with. When you want to teach your children about gathering foods and you go places and they don't grow there no more, you know, because they were extinguished out of that area by wildlife and animals and sometimes construction, you know. So it's all in the name of progress. <laughs> In 1957, the U.S. government inundated Celilo Falls, which was a fishing and gathering place for native people of the Columbia River and High Plateau since time immemorial. On March 10th this year, a commemoration of the 65th year since that inundation was held at Blue Lake Park near the Columbia River. One of the attendees at that event is a Yakima Nation descendant. Hello, my name is Judy Bridges. Nay, that means born. My maiden name was St. Martin. My father was Frank St. Martin. He was a member of the Yakima tribe. So for the last 30 years, I've been trying to find out about my grandmothers, my great-grandmothers, my great-great-grandmothers, and my great-great great-great-grandmothers. In the last two weeks, my cousin Mora St. Martin sent me a letter on the Yakima tribe letterhead and stated that my great-great-grandmother was Wishram. So after I stopped crying, I said I really need to do ceremony for that, you know, for that knowledge. And this this event popped up. Here I am honoring her. Uh, Marguerite uh, was her first name. Of course, that was not her native name. No native name was was passed down to our family. Marguerite, she's in the Catholic Church records as Chinook, but now we know that she's Wishram. I'm a member of the Cowlitz Indian tribe, though I have applied to the Yakima Indian tribe. As far as I could see, I qualified. Oh, my dad went to the meetings. As a Yakima, he went to the meetings. And when I have visited the Celilo Falls recently in the last couple of years, searching for knowledge about my great-great-grandmother. And also, I'm a a paddler. I was here with uh, Mike Evans' blue uh, heron canoe, paddling with him on the upper river, below the falls, but on the Columbia River. So we were invited to the ceremony right at Salilo. The thing that I wanted to tell you the most is when I would come to Salilo, even crying and crying, and uh, no reason, I don't know why, but I think I know now. I think her village was, you know, underwater now. So that might be that, plus the the incredible spiritual sadness of the people uh, with the loss of Advald. Great sadness to him. My father didn't speak about his native heritage 
to us. It was my mother was non-native and in charge of the household. <laughs> you did not go up against my mother. And my dad had so much sadness. He was uh, from Carson, Washington. The St. Martin's Hot Springs uh, was his family, you know, business. And there was a lot of sadness. I didn't want to see him cry, so uh, I didn't ask much questions. But as far as the Salida Falls, he said that there were members of the tribe that spoke in the language. He mentioned that, and I was envious at the time. I really wanted to hear that. I was about 11 in 57, so I was pretty young. My name is Christine Thompson Ginwellis. I was born in Salila Falls in 1937. I was born with four brothers, two older, two younger. I remember living in a shack. A lot of the houses in Salila were shacks or shanties. We lived in a shack that was right next to my grandfather's, Tommy Thompson. I remember the harshness it was because there was no running water, no electricity, so the water had to be packed in and uh, we had the oil, cool oil and lamps. And I think when living was hard, we had to eat salmon for breakfast sometimes. If we wanted cereal, my mother went to the canned milk, mix it with water. You know, it was, it was harsh, but we didn't know it was harsh because that's what we had. That's all we had. Our swimming pool was a river. We used to go swimming in the river. You know, it was huge, big, but nothing ever happened to us because we'd go down there and that's where we'd swim. The hills in the background is, was our playground where nobody ever fell, even though we would climb it and go all the way up. I used to go down to swimming and on the way back, I'd stop at the falls and I'd gawk at the tourists, the fishermen, you know. They'd come there, watch a fisherman, and buy fish, you know. And the story I'd like to tell is, uh, I remember sitting there after I was done swimming, and I was sitting on uh, this side of the, it was like a little eddy there that goes into the falls, and I saw this young boy walking. He had like a rope with a coffee can on it, and there was a little steps going across that eddy. Put his can in the water. That water was so swift. He didn't let go, and he went right in there. His picture was in Life magazine, or whichever that famous magazine was. He said that he went down at 80, and a fisherman at the, in the scaffold was the last one, caught him. So they have a picture of him. He's pulling a, his net, thinking he had a fish. He pulled it up, and there was little hands on the rims of the hoop. I remember watching him, and my husband said, well, I was there. He was on the other side. He pulled him up, put him on a scaffold, and the young boy got up, and he had a little bit of blood on his, brushed himself off, and walked off. He was a Samson. And I, I felt so honored because that while I was there, I saw him fall in. <laughs> I think the way they had the net down, he was bound to catch him because he was the last one there. There wasn't, there was like, what, three of them probably, if you remember seeing how many uh, stick apples were there. Maybe one, two, three, and then he was the last one at the end that caught him. But it was swift, it was swift. Uh -huh. My friends and I used to get on those cable cars that would take you to islands, to island. We'd jump on out and go play on the islands because the, the, the way the water was running, the rocks formation, sometimes those rock formations looked like a little pool and they'd fill up with water. So us, that, to us, that was a pool. We'd play in the water. We never got told, you know, guys could play and leave. None of the fishermen said anything. When I was younger, there was a man who put a store up going into the where we lived. There was two entrances, one right here and one right here. But he had his store there, and he was Mr. Fry, five-cent candy. So did you guys make money on salmon? To live on, yeah. Unbelievable. And the government or whoever decided that they'd put up a schoolhouse there in Salalo, which was where you go down to the where the fishing was. They put the one-room schoolhouse. When I was young, I said, I remember getting up and running out towards the tracks and looking down. I said, whenever we saw, saw the flag, 
legs up. She was there. Then go go to school and all tracks. And all I remember about the teacher was her name was Miss Alice. Miss Alice. Well, you know, every grade was in the school, and I said I complimented because she got me into reading, and I love to read. It's not there anymore. For us, it was if we didn't have anything, we didn't miss it. Once in a while, when they made pretty good money fishing, selling it, we'd get reward by going to town. We used to go to the Dells and go to the movies and watch the chapters. Nyoka, Queen of the Jungle. Because she's almost going to die in one segment, then next time we see her, she's saved to go to the next one. <laughs> I laugh when I tell my husband, I said, we didn't have no electricity. We had ice box. And when dad would buy uh, blocks of ice, you know, put it in there. Of course, you had to empty the pans underneath it because it's melting, you know. Probably maybe six years old, maybe five. A cousin of my mom's told her, she said, I'm going to send my daughter to uh, school. So she got my mom into saying, you know, why don't we do that? So when they, it was a bus. They had a bus come in. They picked up a bunch of us kids. I had no suitcases, no extra clothes. Just went through I was. My, my younger brother, Mose, he was sent the same time I was. And every time I'd see him in school, he'd cry. I'd say, I want to go home. I said, oh. It's like uh, what he said is that it's all in memories now. And for me, that's what it means. I have a video called The Last Salmon Feast. And I think my grandfather allowed it because it was The Last Salmon Feast. And I had a relative that worked in a education system in uh, Yakima. And she called and said one time, you know, I've come across a video that shows a picture of Salilo. She said, I'll bring it to you. So she brought me a copy and it was comes to, come to our last salmon feast and it shows uh, my grandfather speaking, Tommy Thompson. They show the, when they traditionally, you know, when it's a feast, they have the men bring in the main dishes. So they're singing a song and they're, they're coming in bringing the fish and the meats. They have a picture of my grandpa speaking and after they serve the dinner, they show people eating. Of course, they're very generous, you know, even they, they invited the wife people after they got done eating then they had a powwow that evening so they show the powwow and it's only about a 15 minutes so if you ever want to see it just come to our salmon feast i have one when i got first got it i used to use it for the wrong reason because i wanted to see him and sometimes i'd cry and i said no that's a wrong reason enjoy seeing it enjoy it. so i do that i show my kids that and my youngest brother Mose, he's gone now all my brothers are gone he said remember what Dad used to tell us, I said, what? Be proud of who you are, but also to be humble. So we were humble. Christine Thompson Ginwellas. My Aunt Minnie gave me uh, my Indian name in Rock Creek, in the old longhouse. So I'm Achnupam. That's Christina Thompson Goodwillis, Tommy Thompson's granddaughter. She was one of the attendees at this year's 65th recognition of the inundation of the Celilo Falls. The event was held at the Blue Lake Park near the Columbia River, known to people of the river as Echo of Falling Waters. Celilo Falls was silenced by the Dells Dam in 1957. I am March Kalama, reporting for Our People and Mother Earth on 91.9 FM, KWSO.